0: The Talk Shop.
1: You're still on The Talk Shop on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Naledi Mulew. Let's move on to our next discussion now. Um, migrant workers and inclusive growth. That's what we're talking about. And At the back of these xenophobic attacks that we recently saw, we look at how... These very businesses by migrant traders are contributing to informal economies um I- I- informal economies in the communities that they exist. Give me a call on 0891104207. How much of a contribution do these businesses actually make in these communities? 0891104207 and send me your SMSs on 34701. I'm joined on the line by Dr Godfrey Tawdzera. Uh, he's a senior researcher with the Southern African Migration Program and is conducting research on informal entrepreneurship, particularly in international cross-border trade. And his current research is in informal cross-border trading between Zimbabwe and South Africa. Doctor, good evening to you and thank you so much for joining us. Good
2: evening. How
1: are you? I'm very well. I'm glad we finally managed to get to you on the line. Um, let, let's talk a bit about what prompted some of the research that you're conducting at the moment.
2: Okay, thank you. Um, in fact, this uh, program started last year, mm-hmm. and it is uh, aimed at understanding the growth of. Uh,
1: Oops. Okay. I don't know if you're if you're close to. Um the, the, the a microphone or something. I know that you're in our Cape Town studios but we're using a phone. So try and move away from any technical equipment that is near you, Doctor, so we can uh talk about this. Have you moved? Yes I
2: have.
1: Okay. Uh it, I don't know if the if the phone is on speakerphone as well. Please take it off speaker and rather hold it to your ear because you're also sounding quite faint. But you you were talking about uh, what prompted some of the research that you put together?
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, within the Southern African region, we find that uh, most of the countries are experiencing problems in terms of economic growth, and therefore we did find that there is an increase in informality, in other words, the growth of the informal sector. Mm. So, what we intended to do, which we still are doing, is to examine the role of migrant entrepreneurship
0: mm.
2: in the informal sector. So it is a three-country study. First uh, South Africa, and we did a survey in Joburg and in Cape Town, and then a survey in Harare, and then a survey in Maputo. Uh, what we were doing today at our workshop was to present some of those findings.
0: Mm.
2: And so maybe what. Uh, listeners might be much more inclined to want to understand is the survey that we did in Cape Town right. uh, with migrant entrepreneurs uh, trying to see what is it that they do in order for them to be successful in their businesses,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, the problems that they get, the profile of the migrants themselves.
1: mm mm-hmm. Now, let's start with that first point in the survey, what some of these migrant entrepreneurs are doing so that their businesses grow uh, at the rate that they want them to. And uh, this is such an important discussion because this is the question that South African entrepreneurs are possibly not asking. Okay, so let's answer that one first.
2: Okay. Um, There are three key things that we did identify Mm. uh, that makes them much more successful, The first is the ability to negotiate prices with suppliers. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did find that most of these uh, small-scale entrepreneurs of migrant origin, they are able to approach suppliers and be able to negotiate down the prices from what the supplier would have been offering. And in that way, they are therefore able to pass on the benefits to their customers and can therefore sell at a lower price right. than others would. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is the, the first point. And uh, just to emphasize on that first point, that negotiation is an art. Right. So it is a kind of art that you learn and you have to master if you are able to negotiate uh, the prices. The second uh, point has to do with what we can call frugality, mm-hmm. the the propensity of an individual uh, business owner, small-scale business owner, to avoid the temptation to spend their income
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, reinvest their income into the business. In other words, grow the business, focus on growing the business. E- almost every cent that comes out of the business, plow it back in order to make it much bigger and therefore beneficial in the future. Mm. Then the third aspect has to do with uh, the way they work. It's, uh, there's no running away from it, it's hard work. Mm. Uh, opening their shops, stores, or whatever the business they have early in the morning. Mm. So we come across uh, migrant entrepreneurs who open as early as 5 a.m. when most people are still asleep. And when people wake up to buy, they find them open and working late when most other businesses have already closed. So we are looking at people that can work for more than 15 hours a day. Mm. So those three aspects are the ones that we did identify that it sets, somehow sets them apart and makes their business much more successful than uh, other people within right. the vicinity.
1: Right. And what, what response have some of these Foundings actually uh, gotten from, from South Africans I don't know if you've been able to present Some of your findings to local entrepreneurs South African um, Entrepreneurs in townships And so forth And what response you've gotten With, these, with some of these findings
2: we, we, we have not presented them To uh, South Africans as such What we have started doing is to present them first to a panel of people um, that were originally involved in the project itself mm. so that we get feedback on the things that we have done before we publish the documents or take them to uh, consumers so that they can see and read for themselves and even be able to participate uh, in discussions. So we haven't had those discussions, but we aim to have those discussions.
1: All right. Well, I, I think that those discussions... Really need to happen And just talk to me about Some of the speakers at the workshop That was held today Some of the strongest points that came out In those conversations as well
2: um, I can take you through uh, The speakers mm-hmm. and then give you Just a, a little bit of highlights Sure um, I did present With uh, Dr. Abel Shikanda. Mm-hmm. Uh, we at this uh, School of International Affairs in Canada was part of the project then we had uh, Dr. Sally Tebadi, who is um, a senior researcher at the Houteng City Region Observatory in Jobeg mm-hmm. then we had uh, Inez, Dr. Inej Raimundo who is um, uh, a director uh, at a department in Mozambique at the Edward Monsana University mm-hmm. and then we had a panel discussion uh, to reflect on the findings. Uh which was uh which consisted of uh Caroline Skinner from the University of Cape Town. Right. Uh, Brian plus from the University of Western Cape, uh then Chris Rogerson from the University of Johannesburg. So those those were the speakers that uh did uh present.
1: Okay, so I'm actually joined on the line now by Caroline Skinner, so she can talk to me about what happened in that panel uh, discussion. But we're talking about migrant entrepreneurs and inclusive growth. Uh, we look at how these very businesses by migrant traders are contributing to informal con- economies in the communities that they exist. Give me a call on 0891 104-07. Do these businesses by migrant traders contribute at all to informal economies and if so if they if they do how uh, give me a call on 0891104207 that's 0891104207. Caroline Skinner is senior researcher at UCT's African Centre for Cities and Urban Policies program. She's also the director for women in informal employment, globalizing and organizing. She joins me uh, on the line right now. Caroline, good evening to you and thank you so much for joining us.
3: Hi Naledi, thanks for the opportunity
1: Now we, we've just talked about just one of the aspects of the findings that looked at why uh, businesses by migrant traders have been so successful in South Africa and have seen a lot more growth within other businesses in the communities that they operate in What were other uh, factors that came up in the panel discussion that was held today?
3: Naledi, a few things struck me um, I think that this is really filling an important gap in our understanding about the informal economy, um, and and this is one of the few large-scale surveys in both, uh, you know, cities that are somewhat controversial at the moment, uh, given the xenophobic attacks, particularly in in Johannesburg. But this is quite pervasive in Cape Town all the time, Um so you know, so much so that sometimes it doesn't it doesn't hit the news. Mm. Um, so for me, we started this project two years ago. We had no idea that that the findings would be coming out at a at a moment where
0: they you were know, needed, some,
3: somewhat of a crisis. Yeah. Um, so the things that really struck me as a researcher, who's been been doing work on the informal sector for for, for many years, um, was was a number of things. The first was that that in fact. Um, people are having quite a hard time there. Uh, They're they're, they're reflecting very similar constraints to growth than than similar survey work done with South Africans. Mm. So, you know, access to finance, um, uh, access to infrastructure, um, uh, lack of uh, competition from big formal players, but in addition to these, these quite harsh conditions that they're operating in, they're also experiencing high levels of xenophobia.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: The one, the one thing that I did want to mention that is very striking about these, these studies is actually quantifying the contributions foreigners are making. Right. So rentals paid, so, you know, just, just like two figures, 56% of Cape Town, you know, foreign traders and, and, uh, informal operators interviewed, um, and 43% of Joburg interviewees mm. were paying rentals either to a South African landowner nice. or to the council. Also jobs created. so you know there's a lovely survey work in, in the Gauteng region which also interviewed um, South African informal operators and, and, uh, and had a comparable sample of foreigners. Foreigners are twice as likely as their foreign, as their South African counterparts to employ. And four in every ten people that they employ are South Africans. So there's an interesting kind of employment dynamic that isn't coming out enough, I think, in the debates at the moment.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And then just a final element of the contribution is really looking at the forward linkages. So at the backward and forward linkages. So that, you know, in terms of uh, supplies, m- m- almost all interviewees were, were getting their supplies from big wholes- wholesalers. So formal economy players, they're paying back um, and they're also purchasing products that are often manufactured in South Africa. So I think, you know, this is something that ha- we haven't heard enough of in the, in the
1: recent debate. Mm, I, I couldn't agree more. Definitely something we haven't heard enough of. And, and that's why I think this, this, this discussion is so important. So I, I wonder what the – obviously you, you went into some of this research and planning the, wor- the workshop with an end in mind. What was the objective in, in, in conducting the research and having these conversations?
3: So certainly I mean, it was filling a gap. You know, we have quite a lot of research on, on the informal sector in South Africa in general, but we don't really understand the, the dynamics with, with foreigners. Um, so it was also with a view to, to thinking through kind of policy implications. Um, and like I said, you know, it was, we didn't expect it to be quite as... Um, Quite as top, hot a topic as it's turned out to be. Yeah. Um, so it was really to say, and, and you know, we're at the preliminary stages of, of mining the data. Um, but I think some of those headlines are saying people are contributing, they're very much a kind of a core part of the, the urban fabric of our city. Mm. Um, you know, and there's, there have been cases where, where there have been xenophobic attacks, and within a few weeks, the communities have said, You know, we're not able to get the goods at the the prices and at the times of day and in the places that are convenient to us. Mm -hmm. And we want these foreign entrepreneurs back. Um, so I think that, you know, we're able to kind of nuance the debates a bit um, and really outline in a, in, a, in a quantitative way the contributions that are being made.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, and, and I saw that just this weekend on the news, you know, communities in Soweto calling for the traders to come back because now they can't get airtime or bread or whatever it may be at a, at a, at a lower price as they did before. But some of the reasons that, uh, and, you know, business associations in Soweto will argue that a lot of the looting and the xenophobic attacks happen because of two reasons. There is a lack of that uh, skills and ideas transferring with other business owners in the community. Though the, the points that the doctor uh, made, uh, uh, um, uh, made reference to earlier on, the negotiating with suppliers, the frugality and the working and the longer operating hours. These are tips that are not shared with other business owners and local business owners in the community. That's the first concern that's come up. A second one that's come up quite loudly has been uh, the lack of integration by uh, migrant traders into the community. So migrant traders just not interacting with the community outside of the walls of that store. I don't know if those were issues that were discussed. In, uh, Doctor, perhaps you can touch on those.
2: Thank you. We we didn't really focus much uh, on the issue of uh, skills transfer mm-hmm. and uh, the issue of uh, community integration. But what we did come across when you talk to traders, uh, migrant traders, the first thing that they express to you is how grateful they are to be able to be trading the spaces that they are trading. So they are grateful to the communities where they are working. Mm. But there is also a sense of insecurity, which um, perhaps has a history of why uh, they would operate in areas where they feel insecure. Uh, But uh, part of our research was to say, if we have these findings, what then is the way forward? Mm. And uh, some of the uh, people that were present at today's... uh, Uh, meeting expressed their views quite um, clearly that they have no problem whatsoever in being part of the communities in which they operate because that is where they are getting money Mm. and therefore they have no reason not to want to be integrated into those communities Mm. but it's the creation of a forum where all these concerns are aired where people meet face to face and where people exchange ideas where they are able to craft the way forward together. Mm -hmm. So I think it's that platform that has to be created. And I think uh, the chances are that if that platform is created, then the chances of success are great.
3: Right. Right. Mm -hmm. right. can I come in here? No, please do. You know, I mean, it has struck me that in, in doing research about Policy responses um, to the informal sector over the last 20 years and, and not looking particularly at foreigners. Um, the informal sector has consistently fallen through the gaps. If it's in small business policy, mm. if it's in our sectoral and education, education and training uh, machinery, so around training, uh, if it's access to finances. The tendency has to be to focus on, on the, the, the bigger end of the economy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how I interpret this is that I think that people are expressing frustration. They, they, they're in a, you know, a, a difficult, we're in a recession virtually. Uh, when, in, they're, they're operating under difficult circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I have to be honest, it feels like the foreigners are scapegoats. Um, you know, the solution of like, Sharing tips, which is something that has come up quite a bit in the last, over the last few weeks. Mm. You know, we don't ask bigger players in the economy to share their, their strategies, their mm-hmm. business strategies. Uh, this is a very competitive environment. So, so I kind of interpret the frustration in a different way. And I think in many ways it's a call to the state to say, this is an element of the economy that you have to start to engage with in, in more creative ways. Um, You know, the irony is actually the Gauteng province, with their focus on township economies, Mm. has actually come up with some interesting um, ideas, but it's a little bit uh, too little too late. Um, And and this is a a desperate call from people to say, you've got to start to look at us
1: as economic players,
3: not as a kind of poverty
1: alleviation Mm. issue. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I want to touch more on policy. Uh, and, and I know that uh, some of the work and research that you've done was not just looking at South Africa, but um, in Mozambique and, South, and and Zimbabwe as well. So we'll just make the comparison between the three countries. Uh, but let me take some calls, 891 104 Abdullah is in Cape Town. Abdullah, good evening to you.
4: Good evening to you. Thank
1: you so much. Okay, now what's happened? Have we lost Abdullah. Okay, let me get that screeching gone there. Let's get Abdullah back and then, um, okay, give me a call on 891 We're going to try and get him back, 891 Uh Send your SMS to 34701. I'm chatting to Caroline Skinner, senior researcher at... UCT's African Center for, uh, for Cities, and also Dr. Godfrey Zera, senior researcher with the Southern African Migration Program, looking at migrant entrepreneurs and inclusive growth at the back of uh, xenophobic attacks that were recently on. We're talking about how these businesses by migrant traders are contributing to informal economies in the communities that they exist. If they contribute at all, 34701 to send in your SMSs. You're on the talk shop on the ¿Qué es eso, as the only two African teams
2: in the 2015 ICC Cricket World Cup. The main contest between the Proteas and Zimbabwe will be all about breaking rights, with the neighboring countries both tied on one win
1: apiece in the history of this competition. Catch this Pulby match on Sunday, the 15th of February, between 3 a.m. and 11 a.m., live from Sydney Park, Hamilton, on SABC3 and your favorite radio station, SABC Sport, for the love of the game.
2: Just when you think you missed that one conversation in that one show? No, you didn't. (laughs) Catch catch, catch it once again on Overnight, 12 midnight
5: to 4 a.m. Here Here with with me, me, Nayo (laughs) Pondwa, SFM, South Africa's news and information leader.
1: All right, let's take care of some business at home. Parliament will host the State of the Nation Address by the South African President Jacob Zuma. They'll be on the 12th of December at 7 p.m. So due to this uh, ceremony of state, Cape Town motorists and pedestrians are advised of parking restrictions and temporary road closures in and around Parliament between the 10th and the 12th of February. You can view the affected streets and the applicable times on www.parliament.gov.za. Uh, see adverts in the Western Cape daily newspapers or visit Parliament's Facebook and Twitter pages at Parliament of RSA. Parliament apologises for any inconvenience caused to members of the public by road closures. And this message is brought to you by the Parliament of South Africa.
5: The Talk shop
1: on the talk shop on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. We're talking about migrant workers and inclusive growth. Do they contribute, do migrant traders contribute to the informal community uh, economies in the communities that they exist in? Trevor's in Cape Town. Trevor, good evening. Trevor, are you there?
5: Yes, I'm there.
1: Yes, so please, share your thoughts with us.
5: Yes, um... On let's contribute on, 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 on the aspect of the economy of the immigrant, of um, workers sure. and the small businesses. That mm-hmm. If you look at uh, in, in, in 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 all contexts, let's let's say these Somali, Ethiopian, and all of that yeah, small township. If you look at the at the contribution, of what they are making, the demand from the from the manufacturers, uh, the wholesalers, and all of that mm-hmm. that chain of events, mm-hmm. you find that. They have raised the, the the demand in in terms of especially in we found That most of the goods that are, ma- are manufactured in Durban. So you look at the, the manufacturing sector and the Durban side, whereby the people that are manufacturing there they employ they, 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 they create em- employment because of the demand of of of, of these small, uh, uh, shop or so, so-called workshops of, the, of, the, of mostly operated by the, the foreigners. If you look at, <clears throat> for example. In areas like uh, in Cape Town, in Epping, there is almost about three wholesalers. Uh, Ninety-nine mm. percent of the people that you find at those wholesalers, they are Somali and, and and Ethiopian traders. Okay. So 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 the demand and also the, the creation of the employment, wherever you find that the trucks that running and all of that, so it 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 impacts again on the on the on the on the real economy because these big companies. They contribute more to the to, 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 to the um, to the to the economy. So it, it is it's, it's, a okay. it's, 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 it's whole change going forward. It's not that uh, it's, a, it's the informal sector of the economy it
1: alone. Is also right. I understand that, Trevor. I'm going to have to cut you off because I'm running out of time, and I need to hear from Abdullah and then give our guests an opportunity to respond. Uh, but you are raising a point that Caroline had uh, also touched on. Abdullah in Cape Town, please uh, uh, go ahead
4: thank you so much uh, mm-hmm. for a good program
1: thank you uh, I, you know this uh, issue
4: of uh, the relationship between the, uh, the African uh, informal traders in South Africa and the communities is a, is a very important uh, issue mm-hmm. and and you know what uh, I, I'm hearing that nowadays people are repeating like uh, uh, sharing the ideas with the localists which I can say is very important but I want to to, 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 to emphasize the, 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 model of, uh, of, of the informal uh, trade in South Africa is not a, a convoluted one. Mm-hmm. It's just about, I think, you know what, it's about, the uh, hard work, it's about the kind of, uh, lifestyle also, um, yes. uh, uh, using mm-hmm. uh, less than you and all right. those things, you know. It's not something kind of difficult or miracle that, that, so the African trade, uh, I mean, uh, uh the foreigners, uh, the infamous traders, uh, are using, uh, mm-hmm. in which, uh, the communities can, can never know, can understand.
1: Yeah. But, but, no, I hear you, I'm going to have to just cut you off there because we do need to move on, but also repeating points that were made by Dr. Godfrey uh, that came out of that research, saying these are not new concepts. It's just really negotiating with suppliers. It's being frugal. It's about working those extra hours. It's not some miracle potion that uh, foreign traders are using to get their businesses to grow. In 30 seconds or 20 seconds each, actually, Doctor, uh, give me your closing thoughts.
2: Okay, thank you. Uh I mean, this is a topical issue, Mm. and I think we need cool heads to be able to (laughs) handle this issue. Absolutely. Uh, Emotions are running high. Mm. We stop to reason when we are very emotional. Mm. So there is a need to understand how other people are doing it. Right. There is a need to be able to say, this is good, we can copy it, we can do it together with others. We can integrate.
1: Okay, just just quickly, Caroline, give us a, a site or where we can take a look at the uh, findings.
3: So the African Centre for Cities site would be a good place to start, mm-hmm. um, and obviously the Southern African Migration Project. Um, there's a number of reports that will be coming out over the next few weeks uh, and months, actually. And this is an ongoing research interest.
1: All right. Well, I think that we, we definitely need to have you back. Um, and we might just make it a telephonic because I know that yeah, you've had, had, some technical difficulties. had some technical issues in the Cape Town studio. But thank you so much for being so patient and for giving us your time. That's how we wrap up the talk shop. A great thanks to the talk shop team. It's time now for the Law Report with Karin Key.